Lord, you are holy. God, we enter in, in agreement, Lord, with the angelic beings that are in heaven right now saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Day and night they cry out their praise and we rejoice and join with them, Lord. Lord, you made us to give you praise. We are fulfilling our purpose when we give you praise, Lord. And we can't help to give you praise when we behold who you are. God, you're so good. You're holy. You're righteous. You're just. Lord, there's no other God beside you. No one compares you. Not even the greatest thoughts we can ever imagine about God. You are so far above that, Lord. You're unlike any other being in all of existence anywhere. No one compares to you, God. And that we would be able to enter as, as, as finite, sinful people. We only are able to enter into that, Lord, because of Christ Jesus who shed his blood on the cross for our sins. And we are saying, thank you, Jesus, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You are, you are our advocate before the Father. You, 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 are, you are the lamb that was slain. You were dead and now you're risen again. And we trust you, God. And Lord, thank you for being present. You, you said, I am with you always until the end of the age. And we take that seriously, Lord. That you're here right now. And wherever we go, Lord, you are with us. And we are so thankful for that, Lord. And Lord, would you minister today, Lord, in our time, in your word. Thank you for the pr- pr- preparation and praise and the worship and and now, Lord, as, as we begin and to, to go into your word, Lord, would you give us understanding with the Holy Spirit, who's the spirit of truth, speak to us, Lord, and, and speak to our hearts, Lord, and do your work in us, Lord, and among us, God. And so, Lord, we commit ourselves to you this morning, give you praise, and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you will remain standing, I'm going to have Nally come up to honor God's word. We're going to remain standing, and she's going to read a portion of Scripture and pray, and then we'll get into our, into our Bible study here. Good morning, everybody. Uh, let's bless the Lord by uh, reading Isaiah 40, uh, starting with verse 21. Do you not know, have you not heard, Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth. And its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain. And it spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He, it is, who reduces rulers to nothing, who makes judges of the earth meaningless. Scarcely have they been planted, scarcely have they been sown, scarcely has their stock taken root in the earth. But he merely blows on them, and they wither, and the storm carries them away like stubble. To whom then will you liken me, that I would be his equal, says the Holy One. 
Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars, the one who leads forth their hosts by number. He calls them all by name because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. Not one of them is missing. Verse 28. Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the, hev- the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might he, uh, who lacks might he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Amen. Have a seat. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Welcome to Resurrection Church. Glad you guys are here. Hello to, am I too soft? Turning up a little bit, a little louder, yeah. Hi to everyone online, just watching. All right, wonderful worship this morning. All right, if you have your Bibles, open up to the book of James, the letter of James, and we're nearing the end of this fantastic epistle. James, we're going to be in James chapter 5, and I'm going to start at verse 12, and I can't promise you if if I'll get past verse 12, (laughs) (laughs) because you know me, (laughs) I like to take my time. Uh, God's word is rich, amen? Amen. It is, and I I just want to dig in, so I'm I'm a digger, so uh, let me just pray. Father, thank you for your word, and... um, as you told uh, Jeremiah, and this is the prayer I always like to pray, Lord. Uh, you, you said, Lord, uh, you said, Jeremiah, I will put my words in your mouth. And so, Lord, I ask that you would do the same, and that these would be your words, not my words, and that you would open up your word to help us to understand it and live it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, James chapter 5. book of James is written by Jesus' half-brother, James who didn't believe in him when he was alive, but after the resurrection, Jesus actually appeared to his brother James, and now he's a believer. And James was actually a pillar in the church early on. And he, um, he's a very practical book. How many of you guys like, it's like James is your favorite book of the Bible? Okay, you guys are hardcore, okay? So <laughs> mine's John, you know? <laughs> Not because my name is John, because I resonate with John. But James has been great, it's very practical. And James actually takes a lot from his brother Jesus' teaching, especially from the Sermon on the Mount, okay? And James is really, uh, he starts off with telling, encouraging believers who are going through a hard time. He says, um, count it all joy, right, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and that that endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. This is great. Words on the screen. That's awesome. And the word idea for perfect there is mature. So a lot of what the, the listeners are being instructed is how to be mature as believers, right? They're going through some hardships, either financial hardships or, this, or a persecution or oppression. So he's encouraging them. 
And last week, we looked at the idea of patience, you know, being patient for our entire life or until the Lord comes back. And, uh, and so now what James is doing is he's then, he's sort of finishing things up. He's wrapping things up with some last-minute important things regarding, uh, regarding maturity. And what's interesting is that verse 12, the way he starts it off here, um, he says, but, uh, but above all, and we can gloss over that phrase, but the phrase really means of most importance. It's actually uh, uh, used in First Peter where he says this, Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Peter is saying there, above all, the most important thing is that you keep fervent in love, right? So by the way, before I go, let you go, here's the most important thing. Peter says he's keeping, keep fervent in love. But not what James is saying here is above all this, my brethren, do not swear. Now, I'm going to take some time to explain. I'm going to give you three words to hang your hat on, you know, and I'll probably get the first word and maybe the second word. The first word is integrity, okay? Second word is intercession, and the third word is, what is the third word? Intervention, okay? Integrity. We're going to spend some time on that first word, integrity. Intercession may come into play um, in a bit here. So he's talking about, he says, but above all, my brethren, do not swear. Now, what does he mean by that? He's not talking about the use of swear words like we say, don't swear, right? That's cussing and things like that. There are other scripture talks about that. Uh, Ephesians uh, 5 says, uh, therefore, speak truth with one another and, uh, and d- don't let any filthiness or silly talk or uh, things that are not fitting, right? You no, know, of course, jesting. You know, the bad language stuff. This is not what James is talking about. That's taught elsewhere. You know, watch what you say. You know, be careful of, you know, things that come in your mouth. But James is not referring to the swearing there. He's referring to swearing as far as taking an oath or a vow, okay? <clears throat> and I'm going to take some time to explain that. And he's actually going to get his idea from, from, from Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Taking a vow was some, or taking an oath was where you would say, I swear, how many of you guys know, I swear, cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye, right? <laughs> I swear to, that I'll do that, right? I'll swear, swear to God, I'll do that, right? Uh, I swear uh, on my mother's grave or something. My mom's, my mom's not dead, she's here. But I, you know, you've heard, you've, we've said those kind of things, right? And, and in, in, the, in the Old Testament and in the scriptures, there was a proper time for taking oath, right? And, and taking an oath, uh, the idea of an oath or a vow was where you attached uh, a, divini- a divine being, God in this case, to give weight to what you're saying, right? You would, uh, you would say, may God, you know, you know, do to me if I don't fulfill this vow, right? And some some organizations have crazy vows where they say, "My God, you know, tear me open and rip my heart out on this kind of crazy stuff, right? And the idea was so that, so that you'll believe what I say, so you'll believe what I, believe what I say, that I'm going to attach God to the statement right here, right? Um, Old Testament, there were vows that were commanded. Uh, oaths in the Jewish society were, were to guarantee that one was telling the truth. It's, nowadays, it used to be, that if a person said they would do something, you shake hands, right? And you know they would do it. But nowadays, you have to have all kinds of 30-page, 50-page contracts with all kinds of fine print, and you need, a, you need two lawyers just to interpret what you're reading, right? Just to have some strength in what you're saying. 
right? Uh, oaths were used in the Jewish society as a guarantee that one was telling the truth. When you made a vow, in fact, Deuteronomy 23, 21 says, when you make a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay to pay it, for it will be a sin to you, and the Lord your God will surely require it from you. And then he says in verse 23, you shall be careful to perform what goes out of your lips, just as you have voluntarily vowed to the Lord your God what you have promised. Oaths that were taken in the name of the Lord were binding and perjury was condemned. That's why in Exodus 27, 20 verse 7, we talk about not taking God's name in vain, right? You know, we think of it as a swear, like a swear word. What actually means is that when you're taking a vow and you, uh, now you attach God to your vow, <clears throat> and if you didn't do that vow, then what you're doing is you're lessening God's name, so to speak, right? You are... Um, that's why he says in Exodus, 20, Exodus 27, you shall not take the Lord, the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. So if you were taking a vow, you were to do it. We are to be honest in our speech. It sounds like an ordinary thing to say, to, especially Christians. is like, you've got to be truthful. But the reality is, we don't always tell the truth. The reality is, a lot of, I mean, most, most of us are, are, are are easy at lying. And we're easy at lying to ourselves, aren't we? You know? Like, yeah, I'll, I'll pray for you, or I'll, I'll do this, right? And then we just kind of ignore it. We just say it just to get them off our back. We don't really meant what we said. And James says, no, 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 you're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to be honest above all, everything else. And most importantly, we ought to be people of integrity, right? We ought to be people who can be trusted, you know, and I, obviously, if you say you're going to be at a place and you get in an accident, okay, that's, <laughs> you know, things like that. But, but you know what I'm saying. You watch what you say. Your words mean something, and they reveal, hey, if we're believers, we ought to have integrity. But anything else, we can hoop and holler and all kinds of crazy stuff, but, but if our words mean nothing, there's no way to what, to what we say. If we're not honest in our speech, then it gives bad, God a bad name. Because the idea is now God's name is actually attached to our entire lives. If we're children of God, all of our lives ought to be lived of truth, right? We see uh, oaths and vows that were taken by various people. Paul takes an oath. When he says in 2 Corinthians 1.23, but I call God as my witness, he's taking an oath. He's taking, making a vow that to spare you, I did not come to Corinth. Uh, he says in Philippians 1.8, for God is my witness, another oath. Uh, Peter takes an oath when he says, I swear I don't know the man. Peter's denying the Lord Jesus in Matthew 26, and it says that he took an oath that he denied. He's taking an oath that he doesn't know Jesus. I mean, no wonder when Jesus comes to Peter and restores him, no wonder when he denies and the rooster crows a third time, Peter is so heartbroken because his heart is still for his God. And God is so gracious. Yeah, you know, God is, is merciful and gracious. You know? He knows we're frail and weak. And, and for, God, for Jesus to, to restore him the way he did, gives, I don't know about you, but I, some of us you know, have fallen to certain things, you know, and our past has been our past, and we've been beating ourselves up you know, for so long. And Jesus took only three days. You know, didn't, didn't, like, go get Peter. Peter, do you love me? Yes, three times. I love you. 
and go encourage, you know, he restores him. You know? God makes an oath. He actually makes an oath to Abraham. God says, it says in Genesis 22, 16, I my, by myself I have sworn. By the way, God can only swear by himself because there's no one else higher than him, right? And he doesn't need to do that. God doesn't need to swear by anybody because he is truth, right? But in order to appease our understanding, our mind, our human brains, he does this. And what he does with Abraham, he says, by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing. This is where Abraham offers Isaac, you know, and, and God says, wait, Abraham, okay, I see your faith, you know. He says, I have, that you have not withheld your son, your only son. Indeed, I will greatly bless you, and I will great bless your seed as the stars of heaven. And he makes this oath, right? And he does the same thing to Isaac and to Jacob. And then Deuteronomy says that he kept his oath. He keeps his word. God is of such integrity that he keeps his word. If you, if you wonder if God's word will stand, just you, you understand it's the God who backs up his word. Right? As believers, we are to be of the same. We are to say, follow the, let it be that my words have weight to them, right? Let it be that, hey, when that man says yes, he'll do something, or yes, he'll, he'll whatever, or she'll do, her, her, she, there's great weight to that, because she's a Christian. And one time, uh, this is, I was in high school <clears throat> years ago. <laughs> I won't say how many years ago. It's amazing how time flies, right, you know? I still feel, I still feel 25 inside, but and uh, and I was uh, <clears throat> I was visiting a f- my brother and I were at a friend's house, and somebody had uh, their neighbor's car hit got hit, and they they thought I did it, and I I had never been in an accident in my life. I'm like no no no, and and they said well I, we know it wasn't this other guy because he's a Christian, and he would never lie. It was a weight to this man's, to this man's life, you know, and I was, uh, I, I, just, I just remember that right now. Um, Jesus swears an oath. When he says, truly I say to you, or truly, truly I say to you, he's swearing an oath. He says, what I'm telling you is the truth. Uh, go, to, um, go to Matthew 26. I'm going to show you one last example and then I'll get into why James is bringing this up. In Matthew 26, Jesus is before uh, Caiaphas, a high priest. And in Matthew 26, verse 63, it says, But Jesus kept silent, and the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you're the Christ or the the Son of God. When he says, I adjure you, he's saying, now under oath, you need to tell me. All before this, Jesus is quiet. This is Matthew 26, 63 and 64. I adjure you by the living God. Tell us the truth, whether you're the Christ, the Son of God. Then Jesus said, you have said it. Yep, you got it right. Ding, ding, ding. Exactly, right? Under oath, he swears, you know, that he is telling the truth. Oaths and Vows were meant to be as a guarantee. And when you took an oath or a vow, you said, you said, may the Lord do to me if I don't perform this, right? In fact, it's interesting when in back in Genesis, when God makes his oath or his agreement, his covenant with Abraham, there's one part of it where, where Abraham is sleeping and God has, and God actually 
uh, the scene is where he divides up these animals, like say pigeons, and I don't remember exactly what animals, but God passes through them and says, and basically says, I'm gonna perform this, this covenant with you, Abraham, Abraham sleeping. I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna put it on my own shoulders and, and, and do this. And if I don't do it, then may what happened to these animals happen to me. That's how serious it was, you know? Our words ought to have the same weight. Our words ought to have the same weight especially as Christians, because we, are, we represent Christ, don't we? We can't be flippant with our words. We can't say, well, just to get you off my back, I'm going to say I'll do this, right? We can't do that. Now, here's what was happening. Here's why James is bringing this up. Go back to James. What was going on, there was a, the rabbis thought of a way out. <laughs> a loophole, right? <laughs> How can I say, how could I appear to be swearing an oath and a vow to God and not really mean it? You know how, like, I promise to do such and such, you know? It doesn't count. I got my fingers crossed, right? Remember that? How you guys did that? I didn't really mean it because silly things like that, you know? And what would happen is that w- is, is the, the rabbis um, thought that, well, an oath or a promise was only as good as if you named God's name as part of it. But if you say, I promise by Jerusalem that I'll do such and such, well, then they said, well, it's not really binding. You don't have to do it. I mean, things like that, that would come up. And Jesus challenges them in Matthew 5. Go to Matthew 5. Um, Matthew 5 and verse 34. Are you guys with me so far? All right, is this, we're talking about integrity and, and just, you know, I mean, God's just, God is, right, he's truthful, right? The Holy Spirit's the spirit of truth, right? And when God says he's truthful, it means he's faithful to perform things. So in Matthew five thirty four, he says in verse 33, brother, you have heard that the ancients were told, that's rabbinic tradition, you shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, make no oath at all, but either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool of God, or his feet, or by Jerusalem, uh, for it is the city of the great king. What Jesus is going to be saying here is that don't make an oath attaching something that you have no control. By the moon, I can, I promise you, well, you have no control over the moon. The moon's not yours, right? I promise on the temple itself that I will, and Jesus is like, you have no, that's not your temple. It's, you know, you can't do that. Um, the problem, of course, is you don't really mean what you're saying. You're not really honest, you know? You're not really, Jesus is saying, you're not really honest. You're just trying to get out, um, the rabbis, in fact, let me just tell you what they did, is they said, well, because you can't mention God's name, except for on the, on the Day of Atonement, then you can use a form of God's name, like Adonai, you know, but only abbreviation. But, you have, but if you don't mention God's name, you're, you're, you're off the hook. You're off the hook. It's invalid. In fact, the Mishnah, which, which is a... Uh, um, Jewish commentary and oral tradition, they had a whole chapter on, this, on the proper way of taking oath. This is how intricate they got to it. And J- James, 
is going to be agreeing with Peter when he says, listen, go back to James 5. James 5. But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath. You don't need to make a vow. Let it be that you speak the truth in every part of your life. Now, does this mean we can't take vows like on a, on a jury or, like, uh, or in a court? Of, no, it doesn't mean that at all. It means, obviously, you're making promises and you're attaching God to it and you're not wanting to fulfill it. You're not, you don't have integrity, is what he's saying. Um, Jesus is saying, we should, be people of, we should be people of truth in every part of our lives. It shouldn't be that we live truth in certain parts of our lives and the rest is just a lie. You know? It's interesting. Now this, now this has come to my mind. You remember in, in the book of Acts? Book of Acts where, um, oh, now I'm, I'm going to go, go to Acts 5, okay? I just want to show you this. This is, inter- this is interesting. So if I don't get past verse 12, that's okay, right? That's okay. I was not lying when I said I may not go back to verse verse 12. So there was this this Ananias and Sapphira who who had sold some land and they claimed that they were going to give it all to the church, right? And it says in verse 1, But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property and kept back some of the price for themselves. They actually pledged the whole thing to it but they decided secretly not to give the whole thing. And he laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back some of of the price of the land? While it remained unsold, it did not remain in your your own. And after you sold it, it was not under your control. Like you could have said, I'm going to sell this land, I'm going to give... A percentage of it, but they apparently they claimed to have promised the whole thing, but then they decide not to give that. And the Holy Spirit revealed that to Peter and says, "Wait a second, these guys are lying." Now, now, when he heard these words, he says, "Why is that you have conceived this deed?" Verse, uh, verse four, and uh, in your heart, you have not lied to men, but to God. And as he heard these words, Ananias fell down and, his, and breathed his laugh, last, and great fear came over all who heard it. Now you talk about, like early on, the precedent is, my church, my people, are ought to be a people of truth. And this got their attention. I don't think that's changed. I don't, think, I don't know if people are dying because of lying. Maybe, these, maybe God still has taken people home. But this was like, we're to be a holy people, Right? We're to be a holy, you know, body of Christ if we're his bride. And, and part of that is, is what's going on inside our hearts. Are we telling the truth in our hearts, right? What's, what's got our attention? Is it lies or truth, you know? There's a lot of lies going on there in the world, right? You can just turn on and click. You just click, 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 lie, 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 lie. And then pretty soon you start telling yourself lies. You start believing lies, right? And it's so important that we, we can't lie to God. Oh, come on. Now this, you know, the idea is that we are to be a people of the truth. See, see, Jesus says, he says, um, you know, God is truth, right? 
There, there's, there's, you know, God is light, there's no darkness in him. God is truth, he is faithful, he's, he, he's just, he's, he does what he says, he fulfills his promises. On the other side you have Satan who is the, the father of lies. When you're lying, you're actually imitating him and not God. You're, let's just, when I'm lying, now, last night I was, I was praying about it, I was like, Lord, how, I don't deserve to teach this because I lie. And if I said I never lied, then I would be a liar. Cause, <laughs> right? Because I do lie. And I don't want to lie, you know? I want to be a man of, I want to have a pure heart. You know, I want to have, I want to, I, I don't want this. And, and maybe it's part of because lying has got me by. And some of us, we know how to get by with lying, right? But I don't want to do, I don't want to be that way. That's our old self, Paul says. You know, it says in Colossians that don't lie to one another, Colossians 3, uh, since you laid aside your old self with its evil practices. Put on the new self, become truth teller. Now it's, you know, that has to be a new way of talking and thinking and, and, okay, Lord. And there's times when you're saying things and then a little slip of lie comes out, you're like, and you know you lied and you're like, but I'm too embarrassed to say anything, so I'll just shut up and, you know, and the Holy Spirit knows how to do that, and he's gracious, but it's like, Lord, let it be that my heart is pure. You know? I want a pure heart. You know? And what James is going to be saying is, first of all, uh, when he's saying, you know, don't take, don't be, um, he says, above all, my brother, don't, don't swear, don't be, don't be a lie, don't, be, don't have this as your lifestyle to be constantly lying. There has to be a change, you know? Don't be like the devil who is the father of lies. Jesus says that he, he says in John 8, 44, you're, you are the father of the devil who, and you want the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own nature for he's a liar and the father of lies. That's why the psalmist says in Psalm 119, remove the false away from me. Psalm 120, verse 2, Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. Where are you at? I know some of us are really good truth tellers, and some of us are good at mixing it up, you know? And I'm going to confess, I'm a liar. I mean, I don't lie all the time. (laughs) <laughs> remember the remember no this is gonna date me remember back in the was it the 70s the liars club remember the, that tv show the liars club remember that or to tell the truth remember the tell, to tell the truth three people i'm sam jones i'm sam jones i'm sam jones I'm a doctor, I'm a doctor, I'm a doctor, you know, and the, and the other pick ones who's telling the truth, you know, it's like you're a jury and you got to decide, that's, that's why we got this jury system with courts, because you can't tell who's lying, because the Holy Spirit tells you, this person's lying, sometimes you just know, but we have so many, people lie all the time, they lie about their age, they lie about, they just, they go lie, 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 and look at, you know, go on a Facebook, you know. I'm having a good time, selfie. You're miserable, liar. 
you know? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, but God is a God of truth. God is a God of truth. Amen. You can trust God. You can trust his word. You can trust that he will show up and be faithful and he will do what he promised. Amen. When you pray, you can take his promise and say, God, do what thou hast said. That's what Spurgeon said. When you pray, do this, you know, and sometimes his answer is yes. Sometimes it's like, hold on, just wait. I will do it. And we can look at the track record of God and he has always fulfilled his promise. Amen. And then sometimes you go through things where like, God, do you hear, do you hear what I'm saying? Do you, have you, and you go through a season where it's quiet and you don't know what God is doing beneath the surface, you know? God gave Natalie a word. Last week, week before, can I share it? Because I think it was from the Lord. And, I remember, we remember, and you didn't know where we were going to talk. I didn't know, you didn't know what I was going to, I don't tell anybody I'm preaching. <laughs> you know, I'm secretive that way. Because, but she told me, and this is a word for herself, and I think for our church as well. She she said, "The Lord told me, um, I've planted the seed. The scent, the seeds have been planted. Now watch it grow." I'm like, and I've been sensing in my spirit, and just I, I you know, you understand. We, I'm trying to, when I pr- I spend time in prayer, because I really want to share from the Lord. I don't want to be me, you know, and so. I don't want to, you know, I'm not, this is not to, to show me off or anything. I just, I want to speak the truth, you know, and speak what he says. But sometimes, you know, you've been holding on to God's promises, and you know God's telling the truth, but what you see is complete different, you know? Hold on to his truth. Amen. Hold on to his truth, because he's a God who's a true God. If he, ra- he raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he's telling the truth, Amen. If you doubt, you can look at the cross and see a man hung on the cross, an innocent man hung on the cross, and three days later, you can go to Israel and visit the empty graves of Jesus, right? God's telling the truth. Hold on to that. He's faithful. And God's telling us through James here is that as believers in Christ, that our lives are to be consistent. We ought to have integrity between what we say and what we do, what we mean in our heart and what we actually, what, what, you know, our integrity has to be there. We are to be truthful and faithful like God because God always does what he says because he is true and he's calling us to be a people of truth. The psalmist says, Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being and in the hidden part you will make me know wisdom. That's Psalm 51 verse 6. So James says, Above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no, no. Say what you mean, mean what you say. No more strings attached. He says, so that you may not fall under judgment. By the way, the the word judgment there actually almost always refers to like judgment, condemnation judgment, not discipline judgment. I won't get into all the details right now, but it's a serious thing. If God was serious when Ananias and Sapphira died, you know, let it be serious for us, for me, for all of us to, to be a people of truth. Amen. Amen. If God is a God of truth, let us be people of truth. 
who have integrity, who speak the truth, whose word means something. Let it be that we have uh, such a reputation before the world of being truth tellers, being people of the truth. So help us God, right? Well, this morning we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. We do this on the first Sunday of every month. And while uh, Alan and Joshua are helping passing out, take a few minutes now to, to pray. We're going to take a few minutes to pray, to pray, prepare your hearts. to confess any sin just quietly between you and the Lord. When you take the cups, there's two cups, one with the, uh, the, the bread is on the one bottom cup. Lord, we just want to thank you, first of all, God, for being a God of truth. Every word that you speak is true, Lord. Scripture says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father but through him. He says that you're the only true God. Father, we just thank you for, you recognize our need, Lord. You recognize the fact that as sinful, fallen creatures, we were in desperate need, Lord. And you graciously sent your Son, your only begotten Son, Lord, to pay for a sin that he never committed, to endure punishment he did not deserve, to pay a debt he did not owe. Lord, we are so grateful to you, Lord, that you poured out your life unto death. You shed your blood, and it's the blood of Jesus that washes away all of our sins. The scripture says, Lord, that you are our advocate before the Father. You stand with us as our attorney, so to speak, Lord, pleading our case. And the only reason why we can be declared not guilty is because somebody else, namely your son Jesus, took that punishment for us. And that your blood has washed away all of our sins. 
past, present, future, surface and heart level, deep level, soul level sin, Lord. And if your, sin, if your blood can wash away our sin, you have the power of washing our hearts clean, God. You can purify our hearts, God. God, you can make a pure church, Lord. In fact, the scripture says that, that you're preparing your bride to, to be prepared to, to be joined to her groom, the Lord Jesus Christ. All of this, Lord, you have done. Salvation, Lord, doesn't begin with us, Lord. It begins with you because you made the first step. When we are still sinners, Lord, you, Christ died for us. When we are dead in our sins, you made us alive and raised us up and seated us at the right hand with, with Jesus, seated us in heavenly places, as Ephesians says. God, if salvation is all from you, God. No wonder, Lord, when we get to heaven, we'll cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We will take these thrones that you have, these thrones, these, these, these crowns that you have, would have given us and we will throw them at your feet saying you're the one who's worthy of this. Who are we? You, you've taken our, our sinful garments of our heart and sinfulness and, and exchanged that and you clothe, us, clothe, you clothe us with your righteousness, God. Everything is from you, God. We don't contribute to this equation, Lord. You rescued us, Lord. We were the one that, that got away out of, the, out of the 99, and you pursued us and graciously took us on your shoulder and you anointed us with oil to, to, to bring healing and you restored us. And, and now, Lord, as, as the sheep that was once broken, Lord, you have restored and strengthened us and now we stick close to the shepherd. We love you, Lord Jesus. As the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, you are the lamb that was broken for us. the Lamb of God. And we say thank you, Lord. Let's partake together in Jesus' name. Paul continues, he says, in the same way he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant of my blood, in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Lord, again, Lord, it was your blood, your stainless, innocent, without blemish blood that was poured out for us. And it's your blood that washes away our sin. Lord, we are so ever grateful that you willingly sacrifice yourself to give us life, to purchase life for us. We give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Let's partake together. Thank you, Lord. God is so good. Amen. 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 Why don't we stand up? Why don't we stand up? I said I would do a verse, possibly more, but I did one. I didn't lie. No. Praise the Lord. No, God is good. We love him. We love him very much.
so thankful, very thankful for him, you know. Thankful for everyone who's, uh, who's met for the first time. And uh, as we do on Sundays, I like to, uh, to pronounce the blessing, the ironic blessing, which the Lord told Moses, say this blessing and place my name on my people. And he says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord will make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. If you're new, sign a Connect card. We'd love to hear, uh, stay connected with you. And uh, uh, don't forget to sign for Passover, and we'll go from there, all right? Take care. God bless.